You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Giant Splash. I'm Henry Shulman, the Chronicle's beat reporter, and for the first time we welcome Giants General Manager Scott Harris. With less than a month to go before spring training and two months since Farhan Zaidi hired Scott from the Cubs, this seems like a good time to catch up and we even have some news on a new starting pitcher. Uh, how are you, Scott? And uh, welcome to the Splash, by the way. Hey, Henry. Thanks for uh, having me on. Um... Yeah, you should have more podcasts because we uh, we announce things every time you have Scott on your podcast. That's right. We, it, that's right. This is called metrics. It's one one for one, one hundred percent. Even <laughs> yeah, even thirty three percent will get you into the Hall of Fame. I uh, guess I'll be on tomorrow too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we'll have the Castellanos press. Con- no, no, never mind. Scratch that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do want to ask a little bit about just your, um, you know, your return to San Francisco and, and the job. But, I mean, we're not supposed to bury the lead. You guys did sign left-handed starter Drew Smiley to a one-year contract uh, just before we got uh, on the phone to record this podcast. He was a very good pitcher with the Detroit Tigers uh, when he first came up, even pitched a few innings in the World Series against the Giants in 2012, was involved in a, pri- in a trade that, uh, with David Price, and then he had uh, elbow trouble, of course, he had Tommy John. So I guess the question is, um, what is it that you saw about um, Smiley, uh, and including what Gabe Kapler saw about him last year with the Phillies, that makes you think he can contribute this year? Yeah, we've been working on uh, trying to sign Drew uh, for several several re- weeks now, and uh, we're excited to, to finally get it done and, and make him a Giant. Um, as you alluded to, um, Drew was, was one of the more promising young uh, left-handed starters in the game uh, just a few years ago, um, especially when he was in Tampa Bay uh, as a uh, 25-year-old. And um, we really took notice um, uh, in, in my prior job in Chicago of Drew's success. And uh, unfortunately, he succumbed to Tommy John surgery um, in July of 2017 and, and has sort of... Um, been struggling to get healthy uh, since then, and um, and last year when he was with Texas and, and Philly, he uh, he was battling through several injuries, um, including a uh, an ankle injury that w- impeded his ability to uh, drive off the rubber. Um, but in the second half of last year, he started to get healthy, um, especially when he was in Philadelphia, and, and ended up uh, striking out 26 percent of hitters uh, during his time in, in Philadelphia. And what we really like about him is he has a four pitch mix with weapons to attack both right handed hitters and left handed hitters. And now um, we we believe he's fully healthy. Um, he's now in that in that sweet spot, being two years uh, removed from Tommy John um, surgery and. And we believe that um, the, the, the talent um, plus the health make him an intriguing by low um, left-handed starter for us. Um, I also will note he has uh, past history with, with both Cap and me. Um, he was with Cap in, in Philly in the second half of last year. And, um, and we actually signed him with the Cubs um, right after he, uh, he had Tommy John. And, and I think our relationship with Drew uh, made us more comfortable um, because we knew the character and we knew his commitment. Um, to doing everything he can possibly uh, do to, to bring out the best version of himself on the mound. 
Um, so really comfortable with, with the makeup and the person. Um, and, and we think that, um, he is uh, primed to have, have a big year for us in, in 2020. And uh, with the addition of uh, Gaussman as well, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, it, it right. provides a little competition in camp, which is probably a good thing since you have a lot of young guys that you don't just necessarily want to have to hand jobs to. Is that right? Absolutely. And, and uh, the days when you could just run out five starters uh, for six months are, are long gone. Um, very few, uh, if any, teams. Um, are, are able to get through a whole season even with six starters. Um, so we, we were focused uh, this offseason on, on trying to build some starting depth um, as, as well as upside. And, and I think I think the bones of our rotation are in place right now, and, and we're excited to, to watch these guys compete in spring training. Uh, good word. Bones of the rotation, bones of the roster. Um, you know, I, I think this is the second year in a row. You weren't here in, in Farhan Zaidi's first offseason. Uh, this, this is your first year. But this is the second year in a row that in the offseason the Giants have not really made a huge splash uh, in both the, the free agency and trade market. I think fans saw what happened last year with Drew Pomerantz uh, what the Giants signed him as a buy low, uh, you know, possible uh, high reward guy. Ended up flipping him uh, for a pretty good young player. But uh, you know, this has not been a, a, an off season where you've gone out and uh, and gotten uh, you know any any real big name help for say the outfield, which was something that Farhan said he was going to try to do. I'm wondering, first of all, let me just ask this in two parts. Uh, do you feel now, or does the front office feel that the the people you have on the 40-man roster and the non-roster invites right now, if this is the group you're going to get to uh, start spring training with next month, or uh, is there still more that's possible, including maybe uh, getting an outfielder with uh, a little bit more name recognition? I don't think this is the uh, the final group that we're going to head to spring training with. Um, Farhan and I and, and our staffs are actively working on uh, a few different upgrades. Um, we, we're working really hard to add to our rotation, and, and we're pleased uh, that we were able to do that today with, with Drew Smiley. Um, we're also working hard to add some power and balance to our offense, uh, both in the infield and the outfield. Um, we're, we're definitely not done, and, and we're constantly scouring all available markets um, to, to find um, specifically that power and balance in, uh, to our offense, but also other upgrades. Um, and I will also note, as, as you saw with Farhan last year, um, the start of spring training is not uh, a deadline where you have to produce a fully baked roster. Um, we're going to continue um, to look for upgrades during spring training, spring training and during, during the season. Um, but I, I don't think as, as we sit here on, on January 16th, that this is, um, you know, the final group that, that you're going to see in Scottsdale um, and then um, on opening day. Okay. And, uh, you know, given that the market, the free agent market has moved faster this year, a lot faster than last year, oddly enough, ex uh, ex except for the outfield, um, do you think it's more likely that if you were able to get power, be it the infield or outfield, that it would be more likely via a trade than free agency? Yeah. Sometimes there's there's an inverse relationship uh, between activity and free agency and, and activity on the trade front. And I think now um, that uh, a substantial portion of the talent um, in, in free agency is, uh, is locked up with, with different teams that um, there has been more um, trade activity um, or at least more trade discussions out there. Um, we're, we're talking to, to every team uh, at least weekly now. Um, and so I, there's potential for us to make additions through trade um, as well as free agency. Um, we, we just have to wait and see um, what opportunities are available to us.
Okay. Now, I, I think that a lot of the fans uh, are, are understanding now, after Farhan has been in office uh, as president of baseball operations now for more than a year, kind of understanding what the Giants are trying to do to build a winner from the ground up and also uh, over time, not just uh, you know a one and done. But I think there are a lot of folks who still wonder if you guys are, are willing to sacrifice this season, maybe next season, uh, to try to uh, to build that winner, and uh, there really, let's be honest, there there just isn't the kind of excitement for the Giants going into the 2020 season as there has been in past years, because this has been an organization that um, really has tried to go out and and win every single year, and sometimes making moves that work for the short run and maybe even hurt the team for the long run. So that's kind of a long preamble to the question of how the Giants front office views the 2020 season in terms of winning as compared to um, what your guys are trying to do for the long run. I would say that our goal hasn't really changed. Um, we, we want to play meaningful competitive baseball as deep into 2020 as, as we possibly can while simultaneously uh, making sound baseball decisions that improve the long-term health of our organization uh, and, and our future. And um, I think it's, it, it's fair uh, to characterize the question the way you did. Um, I, I will just say that, um, unfortunately, this goal um, means that sometimes you have to make tough strategic decisions to strengthen uh, your minor league system when, at times, the money could be spent to address other needs um, perhaps at the big league level, per, perhaps um, in, in other areas. Um, and a, a good example, in my opinion, of, of this type of decision is the Will Wilson trade that we made earlier in the offseason. Um, we had an opportunity um, to invest in the remainder of Zach Kozart's contract to access um, a player who we really liked in the draft and who ultimately went um, uh, with the, the 15th overall pick. Um, as a polished right-handed shortstop who, who we believe has a, has a real chance to grow into um, the core, the next young core of, of Giants at the big league level. And, and sometimes you just don't have access to that type of talent without um, making strategic decisions that, that seem tough on the surface, but, um, but that we really believe in. And um, additionally, I will say that you know, sometimes it, it also means making tough decisions to trade veterans um, who can help in the short term but who you know can help more in the long term because they provide access to uh, prospects who, again, can, can grow into the, the next core of, of Giants um, on, a, on a sustainable winner here in San Francisco. And a, and a good example of that type of deal is, is the Sam Dyson deal from, from last July. And I think, finally, um, it means that sometimes you have to make extremely difficult decisions where you uh, need to move on from a, uh, a veteran um, who's a familiar face, who, who is, um, who's played here for a while, just to create opportunity and create a path to everyday at-bats for a young up-and-coming prospect. And a good example of that type of trade is, is actually a trade that you know, Farhan and I haven't made. It's a, it's a trade that, that Brian Sabian made. Um, when he traded Benji Molina in 2010 to open up uh, opportunity for a young up-and-coming catcher named Buster Posey. And um, these trades are always difficult. These moves are always difficult. Um, but sometimes they work out really well. And, and one other point worth 
worth noting on the, on this front is I think Farhan and I both believe that one of the most undervalued assets for a growing organization is opportunity at the big league level. It's the opportunity to give young players a chance to play in the big leagues. Because we feel like you can't find talent without offering opportunity. You can't capitalize on on major league development without giving a young player a chance to to make adjustments against big league pitching night in, night out. And, and you can't really find out if a young hitter um, can withstand the grind of 162 games with all the travel um, in front of 40,000 fans until you actually give him that opportunity to play. And so we, we feel like we need to strike the right balance of um, – trying to be as competitive as possible in the short term without sacrificing our, our long-term health and ability to win um, in San Francisco. And so uh, much like the, the Benji Molina trade, I think it's just important to remember that um, unfamiliar names can't become familiar household names until someone somewhere creates an opportunity for them to play in the big leagues. And so we're trying to do that while we're trying to play uh, meaningful competitive baseball as deep into 2020 as possible. Okay, and uh, if the listeners will hold that thought about trading veterans, I've got some more questions for Scott, and I'll get to them right after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Henry Schulman back here with Giants general manager Scott Harris, uh, who was just saying that sometimes you have to create opportunity for younger players uh, at the expense of some familiar names. And I'm not going to ask you about any specific player uh, because that wouldn't be fair and you wouldn't answer it anyway. But, I mean, we have, there are some uh, players on the, in the organization, on the team, that are very familiar. Uh, they have uh, good pedigrees and, uh, you know, they have big contracts. And uh, do you think there's any chance or have there been any talk at all about maybe uh, – moving some of those guys to not only create opportunity, but also to bring some younger players into the system? Uh, not right now. I, I would say if you if you uh, talk to the, the guys that, that you're alluding to, um, I think almost to a man, they, they think that um, the 2019 versions of, of themselves are, are not the best um, that they can offer. And, and they're working extremely hard this offseason to make sure that they come into camp um, in shape and ready to go and, and, and ready to uh, continue to build to uh, build on very decorated resumes in San Francisco. And, and we think that, that we think that they're going to, I think there's a, um, a belief in inside these walls that, that we need a healthy mix between veterans and, and young players um, because we think those, those two demographics tend to push each other and they tend to um, help each other uh, perform at a higher level night in and night out. Um, so, I don't think so right now. Um, I think we're excited uh, to bring back um, a core of veteran leaders here that are that are going to help some of the young players assimilate to the big leagues quickly, um, but also who are going to perform in their own right um, because they've done it year in and year out, and, and we expect them to in 2020. Okay, I, I think that maybe the front office has a little bit more faith than, than a lot of the fans that you're really going to see uh, a big turnaround. And let's be honest, Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, 
two of the two of the bigger names. You guys uh, feel that there's still something left in those guys and Belt and Longoria, et cetera. Absolutely, and they're working um, very hard to uh, to prove the doubters wrong uh, this off season and, and into next year. Okay, uh, just a few more minutes with Giants general manager Scott Harris. The uh, one name we haven't mentioned yet is Madison Bumgarner. Uh, this is a very complex uh, issue that uh, predates you by by many years, uh, but. Uh, you know, you you guys offered uh, reportedly, from what we've learned, a, a four-year contract that was a little bit more money per year than what he got from the Diamondbacks, who gave him a fifth year. Uh, there are all sorts of opinions out there. He didn't want to come back. Uh, you guys really wanted to move on from him. Uh, you know, you guys were happy to finish in second place on this one, uh, and uh, so on and so forth. The best way you can, could you please tell us, what happened with Madison Bumgarner and why he's not a giant anymore? Yeah, I, first of all, um, I, I do want to say uh, Madison had an incomparable 11-year run with the Giants. Um, I mean, in, in 2014 alone, um, he almost single-handedly put that team on his back um, and lifted this organization to new heights. And he also made his mark on on so many uh, current and former uh, Giants players, coaches, executives, um, in, in this organization and, um, uh, we're extremely grateful for all of his contributions. Um, I, I know we put out a statement, um, when he signed with the Diamondbacks, um, but we really, we really meet it and we're really, um, uh, so appreciative of, of what he's, he's done here. I think seeing him in a Diamondbacks uniform, um, this spring and, and next season will, will be an adjustment for all of us in San Francisco. It, it's always an adjustment. Um, with the amount of player turnover in, in modern baseball, and and we really understand that. Um, as as for the the signing, and and to respond more directly to your question, um, it has been well reported uh, that we were actively engaged with his representatives, um, and that we made him a, a substantial offer to stay in San Francisco. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, Madison, his his family, his representatives they all evaluated every opportunity that was in front of them. They, they evaluated every offer in front of them. Um, and they decided to do what's best for, for Madison and for his family. And that was to, to blaze a new path and a new organization in a new city that he is very comfortable in. Um, and Madison has worked extremely hard over the last 11 years to get to this point. Um, he has worked extremely hard to become a free agent. And as a free agent, he has earned the right to decide where he wants to play. And we have to respect that as an organization. Um, however, I will say Fawn and I have a responsibility to this organization and to this city um, to continue to build what we believe is a bright future here in San Francisco. There's a lot of change happening in this organization. And with that change, we, we believe that there's some exciting things happening under the hood here. And I, I think fans and um and those who follow this organization are, are going to start to get to see those exciting things that are happening. And, and I, I think that's going to translate into to real value and, and real winning at the, at the big league level in the near future. And so we, we appreciate everything that Madison has done um, for this organization. And, um, but, I, but we, have to, we have to move towards um, our, our commitment to this organization and, express how bullish we are on the future that we're actively shaping right now.
Okay. Um, and, you know, as promised, I wanted to just, uh, as we close here, ask you a couple questions about your job in itself. I mean, you are a Bay Area native. You, I believe, were born in Redwood City or at least grew up in Redwood City. Uh, your parents were both physicians in the area. What has it been like for you after two months to to sort of come back here in this kind of high visibility position uh, where, I mean, the, the fans who follow the team, your friends, everybody um, who didn't know, uh, especially those who didn't know you, uh, now see you, uh, you know, at the, in the, near the top of the Giants front office? Uh, it's been an adjustment, that's for sure. Um, in, in these jobs, um, you, uh, you sometimes underestimate uh, the exposure of, of um, you know, news and, and new hires. And uh, I think I got something like 600 text messages the, the day I, I, I took the job. And um, on, on one hand, it is overwhelming. On the other hand, um, it's, uh, it, it's a very rewarding sense um, of accomplishment in that um, it reminds you of, of how many people you, you've gotten to know over the years and how many people have helped shape you into the person uh, you are today. Um, I will also say that um, I am so enjoying being back in San Francisco. I'm so enjoying not having to deal with a real winter. I'm enjoying uh, being able to uh, take my parents out to dinner on, on random weeknights. I haven't really had that opportunity since I, I was in high school because I haven't really been back here. Um, so it's, it's really a privilege to be here. And, and uh, I'm just really excited for the season to start and, and start building um, a, a really bright future here in, in San Francisco. Uh, have you been excited to hear uh, ticket requests from friends? Has that actually happened? <laughs> that has not started yet, um, but I'm, I'm sure it will. Um, it's... Uh, I don't think it can be more difficult than Game 7 of the World Series um, in 2016 after 108 years in, in Chicago. So um, I feel like I'm a grizzled veteran on the on the ticket front, but uh, I'd be happy to accommodate as many as I can. Okay, and just the last question, uh, now that you've been in the front office for a couple of months and you've worked with uh, Farhan and, and some of the other people in the front office and as well as manager Gabe Kapler, uh, any impressions, anything that surprised you at all, anything that sort of strikes you? Um, I, I guess what I was struck by how quickly, uh, Farhan gave and I started forging re working relationships, how quickly we moved past kind of the pleasantries and started challenging each other about players and challenging each other on our visions for the future of the giants. Um, I mean, we, we sit in each other's offices, um, for several hours every day talking about players, talking about, um, you know, how to, um, deploy our players in, in the best position to succeed. Uh, and then when we leave, it, we, we just switch to a text chain or, or phone calls. And uh, I, I think people outside the industry forget how much work um, it, it takes to, to build a roster and, and how closely you have to work with people to build a roster. And so um, any apprehension I had about, you know, working with a new group of uh uh, of people here with, with Farhan and Cap and, and our baseball ops staff um, is, is already gone. And I, I think that's uh, much uh, quicker than I expected here. Um, and I think that's probably a good thing for, for the Giants organization moving forward. Okay. Well, it, it seems like uh, there's a staff in place in the front office. There's a staff in place now on the field. Uh, the roster is still a little fluid. We'll, we'll see what happens uh, in the next few weeks as we head down to Scottsdale. Uh, I just want to thank you again, and uh, we hope to have you on. Uh, once spring training begins and thereafter. Sure. Thanks for having me on, Henry. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Giants Splash. We hope to have many more before the Giants head down to Scottsdale, Arizona for spring training, and then many more in Scottsdale. Giant Splash is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is editor-in-chief. Follow me on Twitter at Hank Schulman, or you can email me at hshulman at sfchronicle.com. Support Giant Splash and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions available. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.